Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us on our 129th episode of the podcast. We'll get a chance to talk to Coach Billy Emerson, the head coach of St. Paul the Sixth High School. Coach Emerson, long time, consistent, just successful coach at Paul the Sixth, has a career over 300 wins, was just inducted into their Hall of Fame class. He's won three WCAC championships, three conference championships, and with an extremely tough conference, uh, unbelievable conference, uh, just in the, in the Mid-Atlantic region, just one of the top-tier conferences. Uh, four Virginia championships, then uh, eight-time nationally-ranked program. He's put over 100 players in college or draft or drafted in the major leagues. Um, just a consistent, quality head coach. Um, get a chance to talk to coach and just had a great conversation about how he's building that consistently. The things about his program, uh, he outlines his expectations and has a great way of just continuing to build and consistently just pound the rock and consistently just do a great program at, at, at Paula Sixth. Um, you know, I just uh, just really had a great great conversation. Just enjoyed it so much. Um, we really could have talked so so long all throughout the night, um, but uh, you know, it, it was great, and uh, I know you guys will enjoy it. Um, and I, I really want to give a shout out to our sponsors before we get rolling with it. Uh, Netting Pros. Netting Pros are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, and windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all the latest projects and products. So big shout-out to those guys at Netting Pros. Again, thank you to Coach Bill Emerson for all his time. Uh, his great information, sharing out things about his program. Uh, get ready to enjoy things about how he's running BP, uh, the philosophy that he has, and you know, what really coaching is and what he's trying to do with his players. So um, enjoy. Here he is, head coach at St. Paul the Sixth High School, Bill Emerson. Now, D3 baseball right now is, is well, it has been good, but like just some of what I've seen lately, you know, I, I, I'm managing a team in the, what's called the Potomac League now. It was called the Northern Virginia Collegiate League, but they've changed the name. <laughs> they built this new stadium in Tyson's um, Capital One ballpark. I don't know if you've seen it yet. And, um, you know, I, I, there are a lot of small school guys in that league and just great players and tough players, you know. And I, I look at that, my, like my draft, there, and there's, there's some D1 guys that are playing in that league too. And I think 
I think there'll be more that will want to if their college coaches will let them play in that league just because of the cool environment that it is with this this little stadium that they've built there right in the kind of it's got a like a city setting. It's really a, a, right a neat place. Yeah. Oh, right next cool. to the cap capital one built it. And, uh, and they, you know, I went to, um, went to see Mary Washington play Marymount there. Okay. Great game. Two good, two good teams. Great game. Great atmosphere. $2 ticket. Uh, they're selling beer there. They got a food nice. truck. I think they were selling 16 ounce beers for five bucks. <laughs> wow. Um, Hell you yeah. know, in, in Tyson's corner. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absurd. Right. So, you know, but I've seen these guys, man, and I just see, you know, my draft strategy for, for your team. Um, I went after older D three guys because I know they're going to be they're going to be men and they're going to play hard and they're going to be accountable. You know, and yep. there there's some because it, they're also. You know, there's some high school guys in the draft, rising freshman guys that are going to D1 schools. And, you know, I guess the average person looks at that on paper and it's, you know, that can be pretty sexy. You know, this guy's going to, you know, whatever D1 it may be. But, you know, I like to win. So right. <laughs> I want some of these older guys who I, I don't have to hold their hand, man. I can, you know, I can ride a lineup and say, let's go, dudes. So, blood. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fun for me too. Um, it, it's beneficial for me, you know, like everybody plays summer ball. Well, I, you know, I like to, I like to coach a little bit in the summer just, and, and especially taking it up a level. Um, I feel like it makes me better. I learn from being around these college players and, and just a little bit different speed of the game. Um, you know, it just, it makes me better. And, and my, you know, I got one of my coaches helping me too. So it makes us better. How long have you been doing that? So did you do it when it was the Northern Virginia League too? I did it when it was born in the COVID summer um, because a lot of the other college leagues had shut down all over the place. So um, it was born that summer and I managed a team called the Chili Dogs that first year. Um, That was so that was 2020. I took a I took the summer off in 21. um, And then uh, last summer I helped with the Chili Dogs. my buddy Pudge, uh, Mark Jorman over at Madison, he, he and I kind of grew up together. He kind of, he got me my start in, in coaching in a lot of ways. Um, I helped him out. He took over the team and I helped him out. And then they, um, the league grew and they, they needed to make another team. So I, uh, I took one, I took the team, uh, the, the new team expansion team makes it sound like it would be bad, but I mean, I had the first pick, so, right. uh, they picked my name out of the hat. I got the first pick and not just because we were an expansion team. So <laughs> all the teams are going to be, you know, pretty good, pretty good clubs. And, uh, again, cool environment. Um, I used to manage in the Clark Griff, the old Clark Griffith league. Um, it's really back in, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's where the, the big train played and they still play now, you know, they, they yeah. were absorbed by the Cal Ripken league and a couple of the other old Clark Griffith league teams, were absorbed by that league. But that was another thing for me, just as a coach, um, you know, trying to, trying to, I mean, at first, you know, you have aspirations that maybe you want to coach, you want to do something at the college level or, or beyond. Um, But then it really, for me, it became uh, this is, this is a way for me to learn more and get better 
and then bring that back to my high school guys. So, gosh, I did the Clark Griffith League, I think, for – I was involved in, in one way or another, either as an assistant or, or, a, or a head coach or manager, as you know, we use that term. Um, you know, more of, a, more of a true baseball term. Uh, gosh, probably five years of doing that. You know, and then and then when the league when the league dissolved, I just you know kind of got away from it. I didn't have any interest in trying to drive from Northern Virginia to Baltimore for uh, you know a six o'clock game right. <laughs> on a Wednesday evening. You know, so I just kind of got away from it. But you know, it's funny. You you say you were at Salisbury and you graduated in '04. Yeah. Uh, so you, you played with, uh, some guys that I coached, uh, Greg Florkowski, Robbie Robeson, mm-hmm. uh, they were Pete a little DeVi- young, younger. So young Pete Davidis was younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were, they were younger. Uh, the Robeson came in after like, cause I was a Juco transfer. Okay. Um, I came in in three and I played seasons three and four. Um, but Pete, Pete was a freshman when I was a senior. Okay. All right. So yeah, a little bit of a connection there. That's cool. Now, where did you play JUCO ball? Hagerstown. Oh, okay. Wow. Cause I'm a JUCO guy product as well. I played at old Montgomery college Rockville. Oh yeah. Played it out uh, with a triangle, the crazy triangle there to hit, yeah. the, hit the school in right field. Yeah. Played for George Schaffner, uh, who was quite a character, man. And, <laughs> uh, uh, and then I ended up at Mason for my, my last couple of years of college baseball. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story there is they just came, you know, George, we had a lot of, a lot of guys shoot. I think the last team I was there, there were, there were two draft picks on our pitching staff. This is a good, good team. Um, Billy Brown, you know, longtime George Mason coach and yep. Dayton Moore, who Dayton was the, the Royals GM and VP for a while. Got, we you know, won them a world series. Um, they didn't even see me throwing a game. They came and watched me throw a bullpen. I had thrown a couple days before. Uh-huh. And they were like, hey, you know, hey, come down. You know, can you throw a pen? I threw a bullpen and 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 they offered me a spot from there, which was, you know, pretty wild. So but a lot of the, wow. those guys being exposed to those guys, um, you know, it's just really uh just a lot of good baseball people. You you know the deal. You you've done the same thing throughout your your career in the game i'm sure you take little bits and pieces from the best people you're around and try to make them your own somehow yep especially yeah and that's the thing just just being able to own it for sure you know and but but having the mentality that i'm trying to learn like you said like from the get-go even you're trying to learn from your college guys for sure man like that's that's it that's the mindset of just like i don't have all this stuff figured out and just always trying to find a way to get better yeah. And that's baseball. I mean, that's yeah. why it's, it's so much like life, you know, it's never, you've never got it all figured out. You never do. And there's always a way to do something better. And, you know, so much depends on your personnel, uh, their abilities, their strengths and their weaknesses and their personalities and the chemistry of your team. You know, that's, that's the fun thing about high school baseball is, you, you know, you can, there are good programs out there and, and a lot of them that, you know, are consistently strong programs, but even, even with those every year, it's like, you're taking a, you know, a big hunk of clay. And, you know, by the, by the time you get to the end of the year, you, you're hoping that you can mold it into this masterpiece, you know, and there are so many, 
so many things along the way, so many bumps in the road and, you know, little triumphs and, and little tragedies. And, um, you know, that's the beauty of it to me. That's the addiction of it. That's the, uh, you know, that, and just, you know, the game rips your heart out, you know, it's, it's such a hard game and there you, you lose games that you should win and you, you win games that maybe you, you should have <laughs> lost as well. But, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, every time, Every time you pull one of those out, it's just like being reborn, you know. And uh, that's um, that's that's one of the things I love about it. Uh, definitely, that's that that brings me back every single day. Um, it's just as exciting for me. After, gosh, I think I've been coaching. You know, I stopped playing in in '94. I was in the Frontier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after my time at Mason. And really just kind of got into coaching right away. Even coached a little bit before that, just kind of, uh-huh. you know, in the, in the, um, I took a year off of college at one point and, and coached a little bit. So I don't know, man, I guess coming up on 30 years of doing this, yeah. I don't, I don't feel that old, uh, 21 years at Paul the sixth and, uh, you know, still just, just as excited to do it. <laughs> as I was on day one. So that says a lot about the game and probably says a lot about the people that I get to hang out with too, you know, coaches, coaches and kids alike. Yeah. I was thinking just like the situation, I just got, it's funny to say consistently. And I just got done talking to Mark Gibbs, you know, and I know you guys have battled plenty and, and just about, you said the consistently, like those programs that consistently show up, you know, your program and in St. John's and like, like, that's what I asked, like Gibbs, is like, you know, what was, what is, what is kind of like made you so consistent? And like, if you would put your handle on, like, think about your consistency, like what has consistently brought you guys or what do you think was like the number one thing that makes you consistent? Well, before I answer that, let me, let me talk about Mark for a second and, and St. John's baseball. And you're right. We've, you know, over the years, there've been some, yeah. Some classic PVI St. John's matchups. Um, and we just had one in that in yeah. three game series. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we sat down at the all conference meeting. We had just gotten done picking the all conference teams and the player of the year. And then, you know, uh, the guy running the meeting says, okay, well let's go ahead now and we're going to vote for coach of the year. And I said, can we just stop? Because <laughs> Because <laughs> Saint Saint John's just just ran the table in the WCAC, so yeah. uh, you know Mark Gibbs is is the coach of the year, um, you know, and they've they've become the gold standard uh, for our league, um, you know. So I think probably a lot of the things that that Mark said, I, I would say similar things. Um, you know, if you want consistency, you have to be consistent, you know, number one, and, and you got to stick to the plan, um, you know, because there can be things that would make you want to deviate, you know, and you get, you, you know, you get emotional about things and it's just, oh, I'm never, you know, we're never going to do this again or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of programs that can be uh, one and two year wonders types, you know, uh, but the ones that stick to the plan and you try to, 
you try to maintain a, a, a coaching staff that, that sticks around for a long time. That that's a key. Um, you, you put together some guiding principles, some standards and values, things that you believe in, in your program. And it's not, you know, it's not about thinking that you invented the game of baseball or anything like that. That's, that's not really what it's about. It's just about trying to do things the right way to me. And, um, and then focusing on development, um, development of players, obviously. I mean, we all love we all love to win. We all want to see our name in the paper. We all want to be the team that gets to hold up a trophy on the last game of the year. Um, but uh, you know, it's 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 also about developing human beings um, as much as it is about developing baseball players and, and using this great game that we love to, to, uh, to create things that these guys are going to be able to use later in life. You know, when they, when they become college students, if they're lucky enough to become college baseball players or, or, or even more than that, you know, and then um, when they become young professionals, you know, and they, and, and we need them to be productive members of society and they, they become husbands and they become fathers and, and, you know, all of those things. I'd like to think, you know, I, I know for me, there's a lot of things that I learned along the way from some of the great coaches that I was around at, as, as it pertains to human development, you know? So I would like to think that, you know, we, we try to do the same thing, you know, and those are, those are some big wins um, when you do get through to guys and they understand how to do things the right way. And I kind of feel like if, if you focus on that, then a lot of the baseball side of things will take care of itself. Um, mm. You know, um, just last week, you know, I got an email from, from a college coach just who, who saw us play in the state semifinal. Um, we lost to Benedictine in the state semis, really good team. Uh, Sean Ryan's been the coach down there for a long time. Um, he, he played at Richmond. We played against each other in college, which is wild. So, uh-huh. you know, that goes, that goes back cool. to like 93 and 94. We were playing against each other in college and now we've been coaching against each other for a while. Uh, you know, lost a two to one ball game down there in the state semifinal to them. It was a great game. Uh, and uh, got an email from a coach just talking about how much he admired the way our guys played, mm. um, the way our dugout uh, did things, um, just their ener- everybody's energy, um, their intensity, the way they competed. That's an awesome thing. Um, you know, that's a college coach that didn't have to take the time to, right. to, to send that email. And so to me, that says, hey, these kids are, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, which, which is awesome. Another thing that was a really cool piece of news recently, um, we had a PBR. PBR did a rent, rented out our field and did, did one of their events over there. And one of our kids was there, a younger kid who's, who's, it's going to be a pretty good player. Um, you're going to be a, a pretty darn good pitcher. I think you're going to hear a lot about him down the road. And, um, the, the, the scout from PBR sent me a text message just, just saying, Hey man, just want to let you know, we're all done. You know, everything's all, all cleaned up and locked up. And Oh, by the way, your, your player was leaving and saw trash in the dugout and stopped and picked it all up before he left. Heck yeah. And, you know, and that's just like, wow, 
that that kind of, those two messages kind of uh, eased the sting of of losing down mm-hmm. there in Richmond last Friday night. But uh, you know, uh, not all the way, of course. But, right. Um, it's just it's just things like that, and then and then that gets you excited for you know what's to come. We're getting ready to do end of season meetings with our guys. Um, I'm excited to talk to all these guys about, you know, this summer and what they're doing and, uh, and, and planning for next year. Um, and, you know, using the, using the experiences and the, and the battles that we went through this year, um, as fuel to, to do more next year. I mean, we had a pretty, pretty good year this year, but you know, we can, I think everybody, the whole gang is excited to go and try to do more than we did. How do you like, um, like I'd love to just touch bit like a couple of things that you kind of talked about because like some people think that these things just come, I think naturally as like, Oh, this team just doesn't do that. Um, like you talk about the dugout, right. And like how your dugout life is it, it. Like, how do you cultivate that within your program? Or like, do you do like, do you work on that? Or do you talk about that? Do you guys, um, I'm just, I'm just thinking about that because a lot of times we would just say like, that just kind of happens. It, yeah, I think it does just kind of happen, but I think, I think you have, to, I think you have to establish a culture. Um, I think one of the things is we've got a pretty good camaraderie amongst our coaching staff. Okay. Um, and I think that's, you know, uh, that's one of the reasons I think kids saw that this year. And I think it's kind of, as we go, they go, um, which is a, which is a really cool thing you know, doing this as long as I've been doing it. One of the things I've always said though, is that it's, you can't orchestrate or choreograph team chemistry. You can do things to foster it. I think, you know, just by, by establishing a culture of, Hey, this is the way we do things, you know, and, and we're not afraid of anybody. And, you know, this, you know, this, we pick up trash, you know, we, we, we do things the right way. We hustle. We, we don't walk on the field, you know, those, the, the same kind of stuff that, you know, all of us that have been involved in the game a long time, you know, probably believe in and, and try to do, but you got to talk about those things, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have those standards and values. And then I, I think, you know, it, you, you can foster chemistry through those things, but, but if you try to force it, I, I think it becomes fake. And I think, you know, uh, one thing, uh, a quote I'll steal from, from Billy Brown, my college coach, and he's right. You can't fool the players. You can't, <laughs> you know, it's gotta be real. You cannot fool the players. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to do too much, sometimes, you, you know, you need to scale back, um, you know, and, 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 and just be patient and wait for it to happen. It's like, you know, it's like trying, you can't, it's like trying to get somebody to love you. Yeah. You can't, you can't force somebody to love you, you know, it's great, great either, either they're going to love you or they're not going to love you, you know? So, I mean, you, again, you can certainly do things to push, push things in that direction and foster those things. But, uh, you know, it's a complicated thing. And, and like I said, every team, every year is different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a different group of guys, a different group of personalities, a different group of abilities. Um, you know, and that same thing, that same thing goes with chemistry. So we have some things that are, you know, kind of traditions, um, you know, things we do like when, we, you know, when, uh, 
<clears throat> when our guys walk out of the building and they they hit the left field gate, you know, we run to the dugout, mm-hmm. you know, and then whether it's practice day or a game day or whatever. And then, and then when we're done at the end of the day, they've earned the right to walk out of there, you know, little traditions like that. Um, but you got to let different teams do different things. Like this year, our guys wanted to dye their hair for the postseason. I've never really been a big fan of that, <laughs> um, but you know, I didn't, you know, I heard it was, I heard it was going to happen. I didn't tell them don't do it. You know, just kind of let, let the, let the team. It's like when you're, it's like when a guy over manages a game, Yeah. you know, sometimes you just got to let the game play itself, just let the game play itself and let things work out. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope that all makes sense. Try to give you the oh, best sure. answer I can on that. No, no, for, for sure it is. Like, I think, because you just never know, like, just, and I think that also just gives you also a peek into your, your how you handle it and how you kind of, you know, run your program and things like that. So here's another question about, like, your standards and values, because you said as you cultivated those kind of things and you're fostering your values, like, is that something that you're doing every year? Have Are those just been, like, just concrete pillars that you've had over the, over the years. Yeah. I don't think it's changed very much. Um, you know, we, that we have certain expectations. Um, we, we expect things to be done at a certain level, try to make sure that, um, you know, our coaching staff, um, you know, when we bring new guys on that we, we do spend some time talking about that, talking about the history and the culture and things like that. And, and the history, you know, history, um, you know, it needs to be, they need to understand that there were guys that came before them that made the program what it is today, you know, um, put, put the program on the map and, um, and that they have a responsibility as kids that come through the program to do the same thing, you know, to leave a mark and, and leave a legacy, uh, of a culture for, for guys to carry on. So, uh, you know, some of the other things we, we try to do every year, try to expose them to different people. Um, yeah. We did a lot of that this year. We, we had a young team for the past couple of years, a very young team. And last year we were starting, I think we were starting six sophomores, five or six sophomores and a freshman for most of the year. So, you know, a real young team um, that started to grow up this year, obviously, you know, you can see with the, with the results um, right. and, and what they did and, and, and playing a really tough schedule too. So this off season, you know, we tried to, you know, we, we added a few guys to the coaching staff this off season, some, some vital guys. Um, you know, we added a guy that's a former head coach, uh, Mike Gallagher, who was, he was a head coach at Bishop Byerton, head coach at, uh, at Robinson high school for a while too. Um, you know, we brought Greg Knowles back into our program who, who teaches at our school. Uh, Greg, Greg coached with us a few years ago and then, and then had to take a couple years off, but you know, now having him back is great. And that's a guy that played in the college world series for the, for the Miami hurricanes and wow. played in the Cardinals and Orioles organizations, you know, so just instant credibility, you know, walking in there, um, you know, and just our whole coaching staff, we just, we got a lot of good baseball guys. Um, but then we try to expose the kids to some other people through some other things that we did. Um, we had, um, a couple of, uh, female coaches from our soccer program. One's really good in the weight room. Um, 
her name's Natalie McCarthy, a former college soccer player, and uh, brought her in to help us want, run the weight room. Um, you know, and she did a great job. And you know, I also I kind of jokingly say this like the guys that they work they worked harder for her than they would for me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to look bad in front of Coach McCarthy, right? Um, you know, and we did a little yoga. I had another another uh, another coach from our, from our girls soccer staff, uh, Sarah Virtus, who's a yoga instructor, um, you know, kind of helped, helped our guys learn a lot more about flexibility and, and how to use their bodies and stuff like that. Um, we brought Brandon Geyer in, I'm sure you know, Brandon mm-hmm. and what he does, um, just That's to talk awesome. to our guys about that, you know, and I use, I'm also the athletic director at Paul the six. So okay. you know, I'll use, I'll use my coaches, you know, I'm my football coach, talk to our guys, uh, you know, I have my boys basketball coach, Glenn Farello, who's also my assistant AD, come in and talk to our guys, you know, and we we do a lot of classroom sessions in the offseason. We do pitchers and catchers meetings. Um, we had to do those via Zoom for a while, and we still do sometimes. It's it's funny how things have changed because of sure. uh, because of COVID and, the, you know, some of the habits that were different, different habits and rituals we've picked up, but you know, we do, we'll do classroom sessions, uh, you know, with, with the hitters too. Um, we, we do some stuff on, on mental toughness, um, you know, and, and sports psychology. Um, so just exposing them to a wide variety of stuff and, um, you know, just trying to do everything to prepare guys. It's great that we, we have the facility that we do is turf field. So, you know, as long as it's not snowing or, or nasty outside in some other way we can always get outside on our field so we planned a lot of stuff in the winter where we got out there and um you know we got a great facility with a great weight room and got the guys in the weight room we we uh we measured what everybody did and you know to a man every everybody was stronger um in all of our major lifts at the end of it all um had guys that had put on a, a good amount of weight um 60 times that were improved, not just because, you know, we were, we were faster with our thumb on the stopwatch either. I mean, they were legit <laughs> 60 times, you know, um, and the flexibility too. We, you know, we did some flexibility testing and, and, and got these guys a little bit more pliable um, just because without that, you know, all that speed and strength, it, it doesn't matter if you can't use it. And if you're not flexible, you can't use it. So, um, you know, looking forward to doing that again, taking mm-hmm. this to the next phase. We got, we got, um, you know, uh, we got a, a handful of power five D one commits. And, you know, one of the things we talked about last fall was you guys don't look like you're a power five D one commit, you know? So we got to start working on that and guys work their butts off. You know, some guys got a lot, a lot bigger and stronger and started to, to look the part a little bit more um, when they walk onto the field and, and those physical, attributes uh you know they paid off statistically yeah that's what they did how's uh what are your class do you uh do you take those classroom sessions into the some into the season or is that just strictly in the off season um mostly in the off season because i tell you when you get in the season our, our you know occasionally if we feel like we need to do like a pitcher catcher meeting or something like that we will um but you know our schedule is a meat grinder uh we just played 32 games in 70 days Mm. Uh, so, you know, the math on that, it's just three, 3.2 games a week. Um, you know, so that's a lot. 
Uh, got to take one day off a week, you know, so that leaves a, a little bit of time for practice. So, you know, I think what we, what we do, however, is uh, as an extension of some of the stuff that we do in the classroom, we'll, we'll bring those statistics out that support the things that we, that we talked about all winter long, you know, leading up to the, we do a thing called QAs. We have our own system for that. You know, a lot of people call it QABs. We call it QPAs for, you know, quality plate appearances. Um, you know, we have certain percentages that we, we, we want our pitchers throwing overall strikes, certain percentages that, uh, um, you know, first pitch strikes, you know, simple things like that. I mean, it's again, it's not super complicated. It's, it's not like we're trying to, to uh, reinvent the game. Um, you know, it's just kind of sticking to some tried and true principles um, that work, you know, and the game, I mean, there, there's some people out there kind of try, trying to sell the idea that the, that the game is dramatically changed. Well, I mean, I guess it has in some ways, I mean, you know, I strike out a heck of a lot more now. And they do. Seems seems to be more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, not not in our world, you know. Um, you know, we got we got pitchers that are that seem to be throwing harder. Um, although I do, you know, I have seen uh, I have seen the documentary. I believe it's called Fastball, where they where they prove that you know the the radar gun where it's measuring the release, uh, you know, is different than it than it was back in back in my day or before my day. So, you know, I think a little bit of that can be attributed there, but, you know, we got guys that are just, they're focusing a lot on the velocity training, which is great. Um, but they've got some mechanical flaws and, and, um, and they're not, you know, they're not able to pitch, uh, you know, they, they can throw, but they're not able to pitch. And, uh, you know, so that's a balancing act. You know, because you definitely you want your guys working hard and trying to get better. Um, you've always told our guys, look, if you you go, you know, you go and hit with somebody or you got an infield guy that works with you or whatever, I think that's awesome. You know, we're not certainly not threatened by that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that just tells me that the guys, you know, trying to get get better. Um, but I just I hope we can get into an era of baseball. Um just across the board where we, we kind of focus on a lot of the things you do to ha- that, where you actually, things that you actually have to do when you're playing in an actual baseball game. Things to do to you win. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But things that you need to do in an actual game and, and you know, crow hopping a ball into a net is not one of those things that, you know, I've, I've seen 10,000 baseball games and never, <laughs> never seen that happen. Right. Um, you know, I mean, so, those are good things, but you know, getting get stronger, being able to throw harder—that's awesome. But now you need to work on your mechanics. Um, you need to understand how to hold runners. You need to understand how to control the running game. Um, you know, you need to be able to pick to every base. You need to be able to field the ball and throw it to first base. You need to know uh, where to back up you know, and, and, and why, and how to read a play, you know, how to, how to run through the third baseline between home and third and, and read the play and decide, okay, do I need to back up home or third? You know, so those are the things, I mean, maybe somebody will open a lab 
where they teach those things. <laughs> you get you get that velocity stuff down, man, and you're and you're you're throwing gas, and then uh, and then you learn all those other things. But I kind of feel like that's our place, you know, to to teach those things. Um, and, and and we see it every year. I talked to you know talked to Mark Gibbs. I talked to to Mark Jormand. You know, talked to uh, you know this, a lot of the other coaches in our league. You know, and it's funny we all talk about the same kind of stuff and this and we're all kind of trying to do the same things and again the beauty of it is when a guy walks out of our program and he's and he's going to be blessed enough to get to continue to play baseball after high school and he knows what the heck he's doing and he's prepared when he goes to that college you know he's been challenged a little bit he's developed some mental toughness He's learned some of those finer nuances of the game. Um, you know, that's that's an awesome thing. And it's so fun to watch those guys go and just continue to progress. You like to feel like you you played a small part in that that development for them, um, you know, going down the road. Yeah, that's like one of the best compliments, man. I just I love that. You know, guys that are just they were fully ready for it and you know, it's, it is, I love that. It is, it is truly, like you said, an awesome thing. It is, it is. And it's tough, man, you know, cause you got a, you got an 18 year old kid walking into an environment where he's going to be playing baseball with some, you know, 20, 21, 22 year old dudes or men yep. and, and they're seasoned, you know, they've been, they've been up and down the road a few times and they know what the heck they're doing. If you're not prepared for that, that can be overwhelming. You know, yep. unfortunately we've all seen some kids go, go to college and kind of, you know, fall on their face sometimes. Um, and that we don't want that to happen. You know, I want our for guys sure. to want our guys to be prepared. Um, you know, and I've, I've heard coaches, other coaches say this too, that they're, you know, another huge win is when a guy comes back, you know, a couple of years or maybe even five years down the road and tells you, you know, hey, coach, I really understand what you were saying now, um, you know, and or, or you know, I wish I would have understood it a little bit more. But to me, if, if he got a little piece of it and took it with him, man, that's that's a win right there um, in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, uh, so you think about that preparation is like, what, what are some of the best ways that you prepare your guys for the next level? Um, well, it's what we've always tried to, you know, Phil said that Phil Quintana, one of, one of our coaches, who's, uh, who's an awesome baseball guy with a great background in the game and just, uh, just a great teacher um, and a mentor. I call him, he, he works a lot with our younger pitchers, mostly. Uh, I call him the pitcher whisperer because he's he's great with those guys. He gets a lot out of them, you know. And he said, he goes, "This program at Paul the Six, He goes, "You guys," and and this is coming from a guy that coached college baseball. He's like, you know, we we run this program like a college program. We run these practices like a college practice. So, um, I think it's for, if it starts with making sure we got objectives every day. You know, we're not just walking down in the ballpark. Hey, okay, what are we going to do today? Um, we got certain things that we're working on and try to explain to the guys why and try to explain to them how, how, how this is going to affect you right now and how this is going to affect you down the road. And this is why we want you to do it. And this is how, you know, you're going to help us win games, um, you know, things like that. Again, 
it's not, it's not rocket science. You know, it's pretty simple. It's just, it's sticking to the plan. Sometimes you got to say a lot of the same things over and over and over again. Um, you know, whether you're a head coach or pitching coach or hitting coach or whatever it may be, um, you know, that's, it's a, it's a repetitive game and, uh, it, it, it mirrors life because you, you, uh, you have to, you have to kind of sit there through some periods of inactivity, but be ready when it comes, you know, I mean, and that's, you know, and, and be ready for some intense activity. Uh, so you got to be ready for one of the things we talk about is being ready for that right now moment, you know, when, you know, if I were to, if I was to say to you, Hey, Trey, you're, you're in right now, you know, go grab a bat. Got to be ready for that. Um, so it's just, it's the daily process. It's, uh, it's sticking to the plan. Uh, it's, it's making sure that you're prepared. It's, it's trying to teach guys the value of paying attention to detail and how all those little things will add up. And, uh, you know, I truly believe there's a karma that surrounds this game that when you don't pay attention to detail and you don't value the little things, this game comes back and bites you so hard. Um, and, and it's just, uh, it's the weirdest thing. Um, so you gotta be, you you don't want to, uh, some people refer to them as the baseball gods. I, I don't because, you know, there's one God for me. I call them the baseball demons. I want to keep the baseball <laughs> demons away. You know, That's it's not good. about trying to please the baseball gods. It's trying to keep those baseball <laughs> demons away from us. <laughs> that's good. That's so good. Oh, that's good, uh, man. You know, when you're an old when you're an old man like me, you come up with you know stuff you've heard, steal from people, and then try to make it your own. I heard that from somebody somewhere along the line. I'm sure. <laughs> Keep the baseball demons away. Uh, yeah, they're going right. They're going right. That's great. That is really good. Oh man, that's good stuff. Um, shoot, I was just thinking about like um you know, as, as with your pitching background and uh, you talk about Phil and your, you guys are helping the, the staff, would you say like, um, like, is that what your program was built on? Is it built on pitching and defense? Is it built around that? Is that kind of like your philosophy? Yeah, I think pitching and catching have kind of been the bread and butter of our program for a long, long time. Um, got a good pitching coach now with this guy named Mike Appleton who played with me in high school. Um, we both played for, for a great man named Don Roth, great baseball guy, great, just a great human being, great teacher. Um, you know, so that's cool. Cause we're kind of cut from the same cloth in that regard. Um, Tony Salgado, who, who is, mm. you may know is a, Tony's a U.S. elite guy. Tony's been part of our program since back in 2004. And I coached Tony in high school, um, tremendous catching guy. And, you know, over the years we've had, We've had a lot of all met pitchers and catchers, um, you know, all state guys and all met guys. And, you know, I think we're going to, you're going to see some more um, as the years go on um, because that's a big, big focus. I mean, the, the, the off season meetings that we started were initially just pitchers and catchers. Now that's evolved into some other stuff, but Mm -hmm. it was really all about pitching and catching. And yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, 
I feel like in the game of baseball, if, if your pitchers throw strikes and compete and you can play defense, uh, you'll find, you'll find a way to scratch a few runs across the board. Now, everybody loves to have a team that can bang it around, Sure, you know, and we've had some teams like that. I mean, we had, you know, had a team a few years ago where I had a couple of guys that hit, you know, 440, you know, or around 440, 430 on the year, which is a tremendous year playing the schedule that we play. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had other years though, where we struggle to score, um, uh, but we, we, we've been in games, uh, and won a lot of games because we can pitch and play defense and, you know, put a big premium on running the base as well. Um, being aggressive, but not making base running mistakes, not running ourselves out of innings, you know, guys getting picked off, um, when they shouldn't be getting picked off or guys, you know, guys not tagging, uh, or, or going part way when they're supposed to be doing that. So we work on those things. I mean, every time, every time we take batting practice as an example, uh, batting practice is not just about hitting. In fact, I, I think if you, if you did the math on it and the, just the number of swings that guys get, it's really more about defense and base running. You know, and we, we implement a base running, uh, system into our BP and, you know, guys are making one out reads uh, guys are making, getting secondaries and, and reading bunts down. Um, you know, guys are trying to take extra bases and then def- defensively we will play balls live. So, you know, if, uh, if we will have a guy try to go first to third and we'll, uh, on a ball hit the right field and we'll ha- and we want our right fielder to make that throw to third in batting right. practice. It's a great opportunity to practice something at game rhythm. And, and I think you can hit all the fungos you want. You can shoot balls out of a machine to, to your defenders. Um, those are certainly, those are things that certainly aren't going to hurt them, but there's nothing like fielding a, a live ball off the bat. There's just nothing like it. Mm-hmm. So batting practice for outfielders is incredibly important uh, in, in our eyes, just because that's, that's their time to get those reads, um, you know, and to be able to do it at your own ballpark a lot, of, you know, most of the time where you're going to be playing the majority of your games, uh, you got to take advantage of those opportunities. That's solid, man. It's solid. solid. I was just thinking like, so then what does practice, like you said, with pitching and defense, pitching and catching exclusively being a focus, like how are those things incorporated into practice then too? What's a practice look like? You know, it depends on the day. Um, I think as the, as this past season evolved, we did a lot more game situation stuff. I don't think I'd necessarily would call it inner squad because, um, because I would set up different situations. I would coach third base the whole time. And I may, you know, maybe a guy grounds out and I'll tell him, Hey, go to second base. Mm-hmm. You know? And and then I tell my hitter, okay, uh, you got to run around second here, two down, you know, so automatically now I've, I've challenged the pitcher here pitcher's got an opportunity to end this inning i've challenged this hitter we got a runner on second base we need you to extend the inning we want you to drive the run in get on base you know and and then let the next guy come up and do something so um i think that 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 really and our guys can run whenever they want to run um you know or i'll run them a lot to really kind of force the issue with our catchers um, so that really, that puts our pitchers and catchers in a game-like situation and a pressure situation in a practice. Um, and, you know, and they also, 
we use some of the guys that are a little bit down the line on our pitching staff, obviously are the guys we're going to use primarily in those situations. Um, you know, so for the guys that start, you know, we, uh, that are, and that are getting more innings, obviously we're not going to throw those guys in, in inner squad, like, practices uh as much unless we had a gap in the schedule which would be an anomaly um but with those guys we're making sure we are very very regularly working on all of our picks to ag. um we're working on our pfps and then when those guys throw their bullpen sessions it's not just a hey go down there and throw 20 pitches thing um they're thrown to spots we're trying to set up situations. Um, they're working on pitch outs as part of their pens. Uh, so just trying to try to practice everything that we would do in the game as much as possible and then trying to do it at game rhythm. And it's not always easy to, to do that. You know, you got to sometimes you got to really push the guys to to do stuff at at game speed. Um, but I think when you get a cu- in, into a couple of games where you see a guy maybe maybe struggle with something when everything's going a hundred miles an hour. Um, then the guys appreciate, Oh man, we do need to, we need to do, we do need to get after this, yeah. you know, and, and do it like our life depends on it so that we can do it in a game. Um, you know, cause it's, it's, it's about collecting outs and that's, that's the whole thing. And that's, mm. that's what we talk a lot about with our pitchers and catchers. It's a game of outs. We want to get 21 of them as fast as possible. You know, we want to get off the field as fast as we can every single inning. Um, so those are, you know, those are kind of some of the things that we we do to push that area and, and continue to talk about the things that we work on and talk about all winter. When you say like uh, your game situations and you're putting groups out there, like how do you keep that competitive you know, and especially like with the challenge of like during the season when you know you have to like work on this and guys like, you know, maybe they're not taking it as serious or t- putting the right hack. Like, how do you keep it competitive in those situations? Well, we got a, you know, we have a pretty decent sized roster this year. We had 22 guys. We've had more than that before. So right out of the gate there, you got, you know, you got enough guys to, to be able to, to run some good situations. The other thing. Um, and I think I say this every time we walk out there is this is an audition. Yeah. It's an audition. It's an audition for the guys who are our regulars in the lineup, but it's also an audition for the guys that haven't, you know, had an AB in five games. Like this is an audition and we really kind of, you know, we keep track. I'm going to keep better track. In fact, I talked to my, my manager, um, uh, about next year, we're going to keep stats. We're going to keep stats and she's, she's really good. Uh, her name's Carter Casagrande. She's grew up in a baseball family. Her brother plays at Arizona. Wow. Um, he's, he's a senior at Arizona and, uh, you know, she's good. She has, there'll be times where I'll pull her aside and just ask her, what do you think? You know, especially when things are going crazy and, you know, things aren't going so great <laughs> to get her perspective. She's seen a lot of baseball games in her life. So, but, you know, yeah, talk to her about let's keep stats in this thing, um, you know, because to me, it's just like if we keep stats there, um, it makes the process a little bit more objective. Our, our QPAs, for example, we we keep us we keep the QPA stat. And then we also we have a goal for the for the QPA average. Um, we want it to be 600. 
We want, so, you know, we're asking for three out of five times you step up to the plate, you give us a quality plate appearance. And then we want your strikeout percentage to be 150 or lower. That's what we're asking for. Because we want you to put the ball in play. At the high school level, a strikeout, just it doesn't do a whole lot. Now, there are times, look, where you can have – guys can have a great at-bat. And we, we've had a couple of these recently, and I've remarked to, to the guys who did it, you know, fouling off pitches, giving guys an opportunity to see different pitches from a pitcher, you know, grinding out like a 9, 10, 11 pitch at-bat, and you end up striking out. To me, that's still a quality plate appearance, and we'll give a guy a QPA for that—a sure. grind, a grinder type of a plate appearance. But otherwise, the strikeout it does nothing for us; it really doesn't. Um, but if you put the ball in play, especially if you put the ball in play on the ground, you know I love line drives because line drives end up getting in gaps too. Just so don't get me wrong; we're not trying to tell guys we want them hitting ground balls; we want them hitting line drives. But we do also. We do also want them hitting ground balls because mm-hmm. you hit a ground ball, somebody's got to field it, and then they've got to throw it, and then somebody on the other end has got to catch it. That's sure. three. That's three chances for them to screw up. Um, you know, but if you hit you hit a ball in the air, you know you hit a. I, I see so many youth league games and even high school games where a guy hits a. A 295 foot fly ball. And as it comes off the bat, everybody goes, Oh, <laughs> dude, that's an out. <laughs> you know, it's a routine fly ball. It's an out. It's not, there's nothing impressive about it. So, um, I can't even remember what, what, what led us down this road to talk about this, but you know, that's one of the things we do. And we've done some, you know, I'm sure we're not the only guys to, to, to preach that, but we've done things in batting practice where, you know, you get, we call them air balls. You know, if you hit a pop-up or you hit a routine fly ball, we call it an air ball. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll pick a day. Hey, you get one air ball today and you hit a second one, your round's done. You can go to the cage and finish your work there. Um, You know, little things like that makes it competitive. Um, Sometimes guys get frustrated, but, but they learn. Um, you know, they learn and they get better and they adjust. I mean, that's all part of their development as baseball players and as human beings. Um, you know, as they continue to mature, they, they, they understand, Oh, wow. Yeah. This could help me. Wow. This will help us win, you know? Um, and that's the fun part too. That was the fun part with this team. As we got to the tail end of our season, you could really see that, things were starting to click and there was a super strong desire to win, mm. you know, and a bunch of guys didn't care what their role was going to be that day. They just wanted to figure out a way for us to win. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And that's rare, um, you know, and that, and then the, then you could see it in the emotion, you know, when it was all over, yeah. um, you know, guys just sobbing and, and, and blubbering, um, to have that many people believe that we were going to win that whole thing. Um, that that's a rare thing too. So that's, again, that's why we lost five seniors this year. So most of this team is coming back. Um, we brought 10 guys up from the JV, uh, at the end of the year. So, you know, we ended up with a 32 man roster going there for a while. Mm. Um, 
which was also good for, you know, the, the, the practice mm-hmm. game situation stuff that we did. And, uh, you know, so we got a lot of guys coming back, a lot of good guys, a lot of, a lot of talent. Um, and there's a brotherhood and a chemistry with this group. That's, that's pretty unique. So I, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to next spring. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, like that's that whole good guys that came in front of you. You're kind of giving those young guys a chance to see those things, you know, those good guys that do come in front of them. Yeah. And I, you know, the guys that we had that were already on the varsity, they did a real good job with the young guys. Um, just kind of modeling and mentoring. Um, you know, again, it's something that you don't want to talk a whole, whole lot about. You don't want to try to choreograph it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want to, you want to put some things out in front of them to, to, uh, hopefully push them in the right direction mm-hmm. and then, and then let them do it themselves. They've got to do it themselves. Um, you know, it just, uh, other, otherwise, otherwise it's fake. To sure. Well, like you said, you force it, you're forcing yeah. it, you know, and I, I, the one question I had though, like about your product with the QPA, cause this is kind of, I've gone down this rabbit hole is like, here's what I wanted the offense to do, right? The QPAs. And so do you then focus maybe a pitching performance for the opposite of those things? Like the opposite of a quality paper. It's like you said, the, an air ball, you know what I mean? Like, are you, are you focusing have you ever are you focusing any of your pitching processes based off of like you said that kind of like what you want the offense to do the big numbers thing in the pitching process is their strike percentage and their first pitch strike percentage um and then obviously you know typical typical everybody wants to limit walks for you know the free passes uh we want to try to force force bad contact want to try to force bad contact as early as possible uh when you get ahead uh, statistically, you have a tremendous advantage as a pitcher. Statistically, if you throw strike one, um, which is why I, you know, on the on the flip side of that, we talk to our hitters about getting after fastballs early <laughs> in the count as you know early as yeah. possible. Um, you know, it's funny how that works. So, yeah. I mean, those are the things that we're looking for from our pitchers statistically: limit their free passes, throwing a ton of strikes, so that they can be efficient. You know, um, you know, we had a, we, we got a couple of good velo guys on our, on our squad. Um, we got a, we got a kid that's a, a Virginia tech commit. Who's, who's a low nineties guy. And, um, he is incredibly effective when he's more efficient, when he kind of like, when he's striking out, maybe if a, f- a few less guys and obviously mm-hmm. walking, walking less guys, you know, and then we know, Hey, we can get, we can take him deeper into the game. Um, you know, but if we're looking in the third inning and a guy like that is already at 50 pitches, you know, that's, that's not what we want. So those would be the numbers things that we focus on there. And then defensively, um, you know, we, we talk about just a, just as a goal, we want we want one error per game or less on the, when we get to the end of the season, you know, if you can do that, that's pretty awesome. I don't even know where we were on that this year. I don't think we hit that goal, but we also talked about, um, trying to turn as many double plays as, as games played. And we got pretty close to that. We've, we've had 32 games. And we turned 26 double plays. Um, we could defend a little wow, bit. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And uh, that's right. You know, that's there are things with base running as well, obviously, maybe not so much statistically, but you know, we talk about wanting to steal a certain number of bases. Um, you know, um, but the base running stuff is probably a little bit more philosophical than it is um, statistic driven. It's, um, you know, talking about always looking to take two bases at a time. Mm-hmm. Like the, our game plan is we're always going to take two until we can't, mm-hmm. you know, until you're, until you're shown that you can't little things like that. Um, and, and minimizing the mistakes. You know, a lot of people say, you know, freeze on a line drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you don't necessarily freeze on a line drive. You actually, you need to read it back because you're not, you know, it's either going to get through or it's not. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not going to go any more than one base usually anyway. So, you know, why take the chance? So mm-hmm. calculated risks, reading dirt balls, something that we'll practice, you know, as well. Um, you know, trying to, trying to read and anticipate and time up your secondary to where um, if you see that trajectory of a breaking ball and it's heading into the dirt, just take off, take off and, and take bases. And when teams can do things like that, uh, it's demoralizing for the other team, I think. Um, and, and I don't think those things are hard to do if you practice them. The other thing is right, right along with that, just our whole, um, our mentality as a team and how we present ourselves. If your team's flying around everywhere and everybody's hustling and everybody's high energy and everybody's vocal, that can be demoralizing for the opponent too. You know, if not intimidating, probably, you know, probably more so intimidating mm-hmm. demoral, but it could be demoralizing if you're, if you're pounding them too, <laughs> that's for sure. That's it. Um, you know, so those are just, I, yeah, it's the things that we ask for. Um, it's, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. And I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I think I have, um, uh, I think I have a picture I want to read it to you of a, of a chart that we had in our dugout. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of encapsulates what it is that we, we want. Let me see if I can find that. I don't want to delay us too much here. So this, this is basically what we asked for. So it's pretty simple. Just overall, everything, preparation, and what I mean by that is just just making the effort to prepare every day. Like you got to prepare. You can't come out to the yard and talk about what happened in in science class, and you know, just eat your sandwich and and BS around, and and then think that you can just hit the switch. Like you got to come out and prepare. So preparation, attention to detail, effort, focus selflessness and toughness that's we we want those six things in in every single thing that that our guys do then when it comes to offense we want the qpa approach we want them to be aggressive in hitting situations here's what i mean by hitting situation hitting situation um you know if uh if if you it's it's like trying to get guys to not look for walks is what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. You You got a chance to drive a run in. That should be your mentality when you first walk up there, you know, now if the guy goes three Oh on you, then, you know, you're going to adjust in the bat. So we want guys to be aggressive in hitting situations. 
you go up there and you got a, you got runners in scoring position. We want you looking for a fastball to swing at and put in play. Um, two strike approach. Uh, we're big on that. Um, you know, guys need to make an adjustment. Again, the strikeout does nothing for us. Uh, execute when called upon. So we ask you to sacrifice bunt. We ask you to try to bunt for a base hit. Uh, we ask you to hit and run. We ask you to slash, whatever it may be. Uh, you got to execute when called upon. Um, you get two strikes on you, and we got a runner on second base and nobody out, or a runner on third base. Man, can you can you hit a ground ball to the second baseman for us there? You know, uh, or you know, runner at third base. So, you know, you, can you hit can you hit us a fly ball deep enough to drive that guy in? You know, kind of consider that to be execution as well. And then uh, base running excellence is just mm. one of the expectations, um, you know, and, and that really is eyes up and hustle. A lot of guys have seen this too. I saw, saw it a couple of times, uh, you know, us and, and other teams. Base runners walking back to the base with their head down and then the catcher throws the ball past the pitcher. Or the, or the second baseman that had it is throwing it back to the pitcher and throws it away. And guys have their head down there looking at the ground. What do you, there's nothing on the ground for you in this game. So we talk a lot about eyes up, eyes up and, and, and hustle. I mean, if you, you know, if you're, if you think you're going to be, and you know, you strike out and the catcher drops the third strike and then you run a five, four down to first base, that's a problem. Yes, it is. Um, so, so that's what we mean by hustle. Uh, pitching, it's it's just four things: pitch to spots, execute pitches. We, we're big believers on um, that. Pitch execution is more important than pitch selection. You know, it's more. It's, it's not. Oh man, I should have thrown a slider there. No, it's dude. You know, we call the changeup there. Your job is to throw the best changeup you've ever thrown in your life right there, that pitch. Mm-hmm. Pitch execution over execution over selection. Um, make adjustments. Um, the definition of insanity, as we all know, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You got to make adjustments on the on the bump, man. Um, you know, you got everyone. So if you can't, you know, can't find your breaking ball, for example, you got to bounce one. You know, and then find that happy medium. And then the last thing with the pitchers, <clears throat> rise to the challenge and post a zero. Um, you know, if you're playing a really good team, which we play a lot of them, uh, you can't expect that, hey, you know, we're going to get you five runs in the first inning, dude. You got to go out and post a zero. You got to go zero for zero with that guy. You know, it's like if, if a team's – uh Facing uh, Max Scherzer, you know they're not that Scherzer. Scherzer never goes. Oh man, you guys didn't get enough runs for me. You know <laughs> that's why. Yeah. I, I, you you know when you're facing a stud, it's going to be a low scoring game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be one nothing, two to one, three to two, four to three. It's going to be one of those games. So rise to the challenge and post a zero for us. Uh, defense, pretty simple. Cherish outs. Outs are so important. We want our kids to to love an out as much as they love hitting a home run. Mm. Um, want the baseball, anticipate. So you know your pitcher's throwing. Uh, you should be thinking, man, this ball's coming to me, and I'm going to make the play. 
no play, no throw is a big thing for us. Why take risks, uh, calculated risks only, and make sure you're backing up. And again, eyes up and hustle. I see middle infielders who don't back up the pitcher with a runner on third. I see um, infielders who look down at the ground and they're kicking dirt and walking around and turn their back to a base runner who could potentially, you know, hit from them. That right there in a nutshell, what I just read to you is up on the wall and or was up on the wall in our dugout. Cause, cause we change things and adjust every year. Yeah. Um, you know, you tweak, you tweak things and you, you learn that some things are good. Some things don't work as well, or you may learn something new. Um, th- those are our expectations. That's what we ask. And it's not a lot. And again, the proof is in the pudding, man. If you can get it, you get a group of guys to do that stuff right there. You can have a lot of fun on the baseball field. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, just think it's also the, like, like you said, you kind of worked out like, the preparation, the practice, and like you know how how guys are doing those things. Like you know, you're working on the keep your head up and hustle during practice. You know, these are also things that you're just doing. These aren't just game things. And you know, like you said, you're putting them in your practice. Um, a couple of things with like your base running stuff that you're going to do during practice, like especially during BP. Are, uh, how do you incorporate, let's say, like base stealing uh, during that time, or is that really just kind of the base running part? As you're like going first or third, or like you're reading the down down angle on the bunt. Are you incorporating any kind of base stealing in that? I don't think other than the hit and run, which is, a you know, hit and run steals a little bit different than a straight steal. Um, uh, I can't say that we do in BP. Um, yeah. You know, we will, we will ask guys to, you know, we want them to slide when they're doing all the base rank stuff. So that's the, that's the tail end of practicing a steal. Um, cool. But otherwise the only time we would, we would do that as when we're setting up game situation stuff, inner squad type stuff. Um, so that's they, when you're you know, working your base stealing is really just when you're throwing your game situation stuff with the pitcher on the mound. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, like I told you before, we'll have a guy steal and maybe he'll get thrown out, but I'll, yeah. I'll keep him there or I'll move him to third or I'll send him back to first so we can set up another situation. Um, just trying to create, moments in practice that are game-like so that they've done it before. Um, Brandon Geyer, when he came and talked to our guys, he talked a lot about, you know, when you're in a game situation and you're trying to calm yourself down and you're trying to focus just to remember, this is what you've trained for. Mm-hmm. So if you've done it, if, you know, if you've done it before, um, you know, yeah, to me, it, it should be easier. Um, and just remind yourself that you've done it before, or you have your, you know, your coaches are always going to remind you you've done this before. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy. You've done the, you know, some of these things, these guys have done a million times. Um, so just take it that way. Game's hard enough as it is, man. <laughs> it's, you know, so, uh, if you take a positive approach to it, it, it it's, it's going to be a lot more fun. And I think you're going to have a lot more success. You go, you go into the box pressing or you go out onto the mound worried. Um, then you're not, you're not properly prepared. You know, that's part of that preparation. Sure. And I think that's where the, 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 the preparation will breed confidence in those moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's what we're shooting for. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely, yeah. Dude, that was great. This is great. I, I really like the sign too. So, like, can you can you can you visualize the sign for me? Do you have like is it it's sections? Is it like hitting, pitching, defense? Like you have it mapped out like that, <laughs> or like how is just think about what your signage is like. There's a piece of paper, Trey. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Typed up with with our with our PVI font. Yep. Uh, you know, so so it looks branded. Yep. And uh, you know, and just highlighted the the different categories. That's all it was. That was all on one piece of paper, believe it or not. I know it droned on and on. It probably seemed like it was a book. Um, I was but- I was envisioning like you know like a nice sign like on the top of the bench or something like that's all I got. So I was thinking of like you know, sign that you might've had above the bench or something. Yeah. Now we do have some of those, um, up in our dugout there. They came from our old, we used to have a clubhouse back in Fairfax at the old field at the old campus. Um, that was right behind home plate. You know, we built a little clubhouse back there with the coach's office and lockers and everything. And those signs came from there and they're in our dugout now because now our, our locker room is inside the building. Nice. Um, you know, and people have said to me, well, you know, how can we do it a clubhouse? Well, you know, kind of had a choice between this beautiful turf field and a clubhouse, <laughs> which wasn't, that wasn't it, but you know, that's the running joke. We took the field. We'll, we'll be happy to walk inside of the locker room. Right. So, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe someday down the road. Yeah. I was wondering if that's in know. the future plan. Maybe phase, maybe phase two. Yeah. Phase two someday down the road, <laughs> our, our baseball alums will, will come through and, uh, you know, we'll we'll attach a clubhouse to the back of the third base dugout, maybe. Heck yeah, man. We'll see. Heck yeah. That'd be awesome. I was thinking about that, man. When you said phases, like you're getting ready to go to the phase, next phase, that was that's Pudge's man. Pudge was a I remember uh listening to him for the first, one of the first times meeting Pudge down in Charlotte at the uh, BCA. And he talked about his phases, you know, different phases of the seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff, man. Yep. Yep. Good dude. Really good dude. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He coached me, believe it or not, uh, in Babe Ruth baseball when I was like 14 or 15 years wow. old or maybe both. And then, um, when, uh, when he first took the job at Madison in, in 1996, uh, I had, I had just finished playing a couple of years before that. And, um, uh, I was his JV coach. Oh wow! Uh, so that's where I coached some of those guys from Salisbury. That, okay. That, uh, that came right after you, uh, coaching JV baseball at Madison, and then I uh, he helped me get the job at TC Williams. <clears throat> after that, and uh, coached there for a couple of years. And uh, man, and how was it? Co- how, how was it coaching there with 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 that whole history of the football program and all? So uh, I actually shared a storage closet with Herman Boone. Wow! Um, you know Denzel, Den, the you know yeah. Denzel Washington played him in Remember the Titans. Herman uh, Herman was a hardcore dude. Um, Denzel's a little soft compared to the real Herman. <laughs> God, God, God rest Herman's soul. Um, but but Herman was the golf coach at TC when I was the baseball coach, so I got to know him then. Um, so TC was a great place. It was cool. Um, it was a it was a baseball program. It was in shambles, and I was lucky enough to be there at the right time where we had like a handful of kids that were really serious about baseball. Um, and I was very young 
coach, you 26, 27 year old coach coming in there all fired up and, um, mm-hmm. you know, brought a little energy to it. And those five, those five serious baseball players got those other guys on board. And, uh, you know, we went from a team that I, I think won three games in my first year to, you know, we, we went to the region semifinals. So we were one game away from, from States, um, back then. So that was cool. Tony was our starting catcher and leadoff hitter, Tony Salgado, uh, on, on that 98 team, uh, probably the best team in TC Williams history. Uh, and he was, he was a big part of that. He was a, he was a super leader on that team. That's super cool. Yeah. How, how, how big was like, like Herman, like them, that whole, I guess, crew, like, kind of like how you mentioned earlier, like how you're bringing in like different coaches to kind of help with your teams. Like how much did, did they do that with other teams? Like were they instrumental and in kind of helping other programs along at TC back in that era? Yeah. Um, you know, things were starting to change a little bit there at okay. that time. I also coached football when I was there. Herman was no longer involved in the football program at all yeah. in any way. Um, but, um, yeah, Alexandria. Just the, the 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 city was changing a bit, and it, so it was not the football powerhouse that it was okay. in the, in the seventies and eighties. Um, I think uh, I think the year I coached, I think we were five and five. Um, you know, we struggled struggled a bit to to win those five. Um, but Herman was uh, Herman was an interesting dude, and I can remember when he was talking about. Yeah, I've got a screenwriter and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make a movie and this and that, you know, and we roll our eyes at him and everything. And then, you know, when it happened, we were like, hey, man, <laughs> you you were right. You weren't lying, you know. Um, so he, he was he was a pretty good dude. I, I worked with some cool people there. Uh, that was, you know, just part of the journey. From there, I went to Annandale High School. Mm-hmm. Um briefly just for one year and then i left annandale because i went to madison high school um in vienna and the assistant ad job opened up there and it was kind of a dream job for me um so i took that and i did that for three years but i i wasn't allowed to coach oh and i couldn't i just couldn't take that anymore um so you know in a roundabout way um found out about the paul the sixth gig and pudge was actually a part of that as well um you know and uh, some some people really pushed me to to go over there and, and take the baseball job and you know here you are here, here i am 21 years later and i've been the athletic director for um i think it's 12 years now yeah 12 years yeah that's great and uh, I even Go ahead. No, I just I I love like for him for me like I mean I teach and man for me to be a, 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 a athletic director and coach I was like oh man that would be super nice but man such a tough thing to balance with how many nights and weekends that you have and you know it, it, I'm sure it's definitely challenging. It is. Um, it can be at times, but I tell you what, I got a great staff. Um, you know that that and we've been together for a while, so everybody kind of knows their role and they embrace their role and we don't step on each other. Um, and you know, and we pick each other up when needed. 
And uh, mm -hmm. that makes a huge difference. And I got a great bunch of coaches. Um, you know, we, and look, we've had a lot of success because we have great coaches and we have great kids, um, great families at, at Paul the sixth. Um, we just uh, both our boys and lacro girls lacrosse teams just won the state championship um, this spring. Um, both our basketball teams won state boys and girls. Wow. And, uh, you know, our hockey team won the WCAC and you know, our football team was in the championship and, you know, and, and, and a bunch of other teams had, you know, great years. It's, it seems like in most sports we are, you know, we're upper half, we're, you know, legitimate contenders every year. So um, having great coaches that are, aren't afraid to run their programs. Um, mm. I don't micromanage them. Um, we kind of lay the foundation and make sure they understand what the expectations are and, and that they understand that we're here to help them, you know, whatever they need. So if there's any ever doubt about anything, they, you know, a phone call or a text away, basically 24 seven. Sure. Um, but you know, the good ones, I, I don't, I don't hear from them a whole lot, you know, and uh, because they run great programs. Mm -hmm. So it's enjoyable for me just to go and, you know, I get paid to watch sports. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good gig, you know? And, and, and like I said, we all help each other out. It's a very family oriented place and uh, very blessed to, to have been there for a long time. Um, they even put me in their hall of fame this year. Oh, congratulations, think, coach. That's I, great. I think they ran out of people. So uh, we're searching <laughs> for some more. <laughs> Cause there's been so many awesome people that have gone in, but that was, that was a huge, uh, a huge honor. And, uh, particularly with, with a lot of the people that are, that are in it and, uh, just a special, special thing, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm, you know, I'm planning on sticking around and doing this as, as long as I can, as long as they'll have me. That's um, great. you know, it's been a great ride, but I, I want to stay on it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've had two daughters who have gone through Paul the Six. They're both, uh, you know, one's, one went to JMU. She's got her master's. She's working up in Pittsburgh now with uh, with a Catholic mission group called Fo Focus Missionaries. Um, and uh, and then my middle daughter, she's uh, – and, and they both played sports at PBI. Middle daughter has just graduated from Virginia Tech. Mm. Um, so I had to drive from – when we lost game three to St. John's, uh, my son, who's a sophomore and got pulled up to varsity with us this year, uh, my son and I got in the truck at St. John's and drove to Blacksburg for the 8 a.m. graduation the next morning <laughs> and then and then drove back so that, you know, we could get ready for uh, practice the next day. Uh, right. and that, we didn't drive back. Yeah, well, yeah, we did drive back that later that afternoon, so. Yeah. So, hey, uh, like I said, I got a son there now too. Who plays plays football and baseball. So it's it's fun to have had my kids there. Um, I kind of try to stay out of their way too. Uh, it's really you know kind of my style is again just try to push people in the right direction and then uh, let them find their way. And you know if you surround yourself with good people, which I've been very blessed and fortunate to to do. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff takes care of itself. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's a, it's a blast. It certainly beats working a regular job. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man, it's so good, so good. I was wondering, like, just like wrapping up, man. It's almost ten o'clock. We've been about an hour and a half. Like, I was just wondering, like, just and uh, final words, like something maybe we haven't gone over that you've kind of felt that you wanted to share something on your heart or something we haven't gone to, man. Just kind of wrapping things up. I just, you know, just 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 kind of want to see what you thought. Any kind of closing thoughts? You know, I I guess from the perspective of being an athletic director along with being a coach, I get to talk about coaching and and leadership and strategies and things like that with a bunch of different coaches in a in a you know wide variety of sports, which is really cool because um, you know people even though some sports are dramatically different, you know, there's not, there's not for, you know, soccer, for instance, there's not a whole lot in soccer that, you know, you could relate to baseball or vice versa, you know, but I can have a conversation with, with my soccer coach and something in that conversation will reveal itself to me. And I'll be like, wow, I'm going to use that. I'm going to figure out how to use that strategy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's just, I, th- I think that if you ever feel like you're, you've figured it all out or you're done learning um, or you're satisfied, um, then it's probably time to, you know, move on and do something else. And I don't, I don't say that in a hateful way to anybody at all, mm-hmm. but you know, it's probably time to get out of coaching and, you know, get some, get some fresh blood in your spot, wherever you may be. Um, because I, I think if you're not doing that and, and, you know, we talk about this with all of our coaches, if you're not continuing to try to develop, then you're doing your customers a disservice and, and they, the kids are our customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to try to give them our, our best, try to put them in, in position to succeed. Um, and, and again, it all goes back to the life lessons that you can learn through sport um, and, and, and carry with you for the rest of your life. Um, those are, that's the biggest win ultimately, because look, even, you know, we got a guy, Kevin Kelly, um, who, who played for my longtime uh, assistant coach, Jeff Nolan, who, who took over for a few years as head coach for me. I, I stepped away from uh, 2013 to like 2015 in there. Um, and I was, I was part of the program again, Kevin's senior year, but Kevin's in the big leagues now with the race. Um, pretty, pretty important reliever on their staff and the best team in baseball still, I think right now, um, there are only going to be a few Kevin Kelly's that come along that are going to have the opportunity to make a career out of baseball. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and even if they do make a career out of it and they go to the big leagues, they're probably going to be done by the time they're about 35. And there's a whole lot of life after 35. So what did we, what did we do to prepare them for that? You know, again, what did we do to prepare them for being a professional, being a man, uh, being a, being a good, uh, a good person, being a, a, a good husband and a good father, um, I think those are the things that that are the most important takeaways for for these kids when they walk out of our school and go on to the next phases of their life. Um, and the and the really really cool thing is when 
and I, you know, I'm getting old enough for the, this, this happens a lot. Um, you know, somebody shows up to to the game that played for me 10 years ago, 15 years ago or whatever, or even five years ago with their kid, you know, or their kids come into our camp now, um, you know, or they're, they're, you know, I get a, I get a call or a text coach. I'm getting married. I need your address. You know, <laughs> want you to want you to come, you know, things like that. Um, and, and seeing who they become as human beings, you know, and, and, and how they were molded, you know, in, in their, their academic formation, their athletic formation, and then, and then their formation in faith, um, you know, which is what we do at Paul the six. And it's an awesome thing. It, it really is. So I just feel blessed to be able to, to do it. And uh, I could, you know, just like you, I could sit here and we could talk until the sun comes up <laughs> about stuff like this. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you. Uh, it, it is an honor uh, to, to get to be a part of this. And, um, you know, I, I wish you the best. And if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Coach Emerson, really just can't thank you enough, man. Just really enjoyed our conversation. Can't wait for the next one. You know, all the talk about your consistent approach with your simple expectations and continue to keep that message, willingness to work with other coaches, learn from other coaches, especially to see with even in your school walls. I think that's a lot of things that we could use and we could learn from. Really appreciated that message. Just the, just the conversation. As you can see, I'm here. We are Aaron. Thirty minutes. Appreciate you guys for holding on. That's the most important part. Just the people who are listening, people who are trying to learn, people who are trying to take the message. I, I this is this is why we do it. Um, so appreciate you guys for hanging on. Appreciate our uh, our sponsors for giving us a bigger platform. And um, but most important part is just the the community that we're growing. Let's keep on growing the community. Coach Emerson, St. Paul the Sixth High School. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter. First class dude. Can't wait till the next time we talk, Coach. And thank you guys for here hanging on. Got an hour and 30. Appreciate you. Until next time, keep getting better. <laughs>